This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 5, Episode 3. Holistic Health, Spirituality. Hi, I'm Michael, and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. So we are talking today about one of my favourite and most important topics in my life, which is spirituality. Before we get into it, I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor for the Catalyst Podcast. It's the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show note, you can book yourself on to the next Masterclass Session. But also, if you send me an email to michael.catalyst.co.uk or just comment on one of our social media posts about the podcast, just tell me something you like most about it, you will be entered into our competition. And in this competition, you have a chance to win a whole year's worth of subscription to the Masterclass Sessions for free. So if you don't know what they are, the Masterclass Sessions, they take people who are some of the best in the world at what they do, and they do these online sessions, and you can learn from them. Some are business, some are life, they're amazing. Um, so if you want to do that, that's our first competition. And the second competition is I've got my second book, Loving Leadership, coming out very soon as, as I make this podcast for you. And so to celebrate that, again, if you just send me a quick email, something you like about the podcast or comment on social media, you'll be entered into a draw and you'll have a chance of winning a signed copy sent to your house for free of my latest book, Loving Leadership. So if you want to get in with a chance of winning two competitions, that's all you have to do. Wow. This is a very important topic for me. And it's very interesting that over five years after writing this book and writing this section of the book, this has been a very pivotal and important part of the book and of my business journey. And I didn't plan on it at all. So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes on the mind and on the body, what we're doing in this season is we're looking back over the material of my first book, Guidelines for a Holistic Happy Life, where I put out a philosophy of five areas to look after yourself and live a healthy and happy life and thinking, well, do I still believe in it? Have I learned any more uh, that I can tell you now? Can we go into a bit more depth? Can I give you some new insights? And yeah, I've been trying my best to do that for you. So today I've definitely got some examples of that. So I'd say even if you're not interested in spirituality, give it a listen. And even if you've read the book as well, keep listening because there's some things in here that I've never told anybody before. So let's tell you something I've never told you before. I'm going to tell you two things. The first is a bit of backstory as to when the podcast was published. So if you listen to last episode, you'll know that I wrote the body and mind section and put them kind of together into a little ebook. And I was writing what I thought was the follow-up and I called it Spiritual Serenity and I put it out as a little thing on its own on Amazon um, because to me, spirituality is, is very important and for a lot of people it's important. So I wanted to write about that. I didn't think anything of it. And my mum said to me, this is really good, you know, you should maybe try and get this published and I was like well I've written two things but this third thing I think is I don't know I think it's something separate so anyway I ended up writing up the whole book inspired by the spirituality section and putting it all together into one philosophy and when we reached out to my publisher Austin McCauley they said can you send us 4,000 words an extract from your book so I thought I'll send them the spirituality section because <laughs> they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it and when I was writing this part of the book, I had people saying to me, are you sure you want to put this in? It's not everybody's bag, this, Mike. Some people might turn them off. And I thought, yes, I do. I do want to put this in. It's important to the material. So anyway, when I put it in and I sent it to them, a week later, I never forget, I got an email a week later. They said, yep, uh, can you send us the full 20,000 word manuscript? We'd like to publish this. So I was like, what? So that came from the spirituality section. Another thing you might not know as well is... 
once it was out and it was about a year or two after the book came out and people started reading it and telling me what they liked about it I had a friend come up to me and she said I've read your book and i got to tell you something about it and I thought oh here we go <laughs> and she said what you know I was, I was enjoying it and then I got into the spirituality section I was like oh no it's going to be something bad and she said well you know I was reading it and I thought okay where's this going and I thought yeah and in my opinion I thought yeah she said you got it just right I said, oh, thank goodness for that. She said, yeah, because it wasn't preachy, but it was something, you know, it could appeal to me and I could understand it. So, yeah, you just got it just right. Thank you. And it was actually quite moving because she, she cried, actually. And I, I think I cried because this was such an important aspect to this person's life. And she told me that I'd written it in a way that affirmed him that was right for her. We don't get better feedback than that, dear. So that was when I thought, okay, maybe I'm on to something with this. So what did the spirituality section include? You know, if you've never read it, things I was interested in at the time, talking about cold exposure. You might have heard of a guy called Wim Hof. Well, a few years ago, I was using his cold exposure, uh, breathing techniques, and a technique I called the space technique. And what I was really doing there was I was trying to give early examples of how you can train your spirit, how you can take yourself out of how you might be feeling or thinking and tapping into something a bit different, what I call tapping into the mains. <laughs> and I realised that I still agree with that, but I also know now there's somebody who can help you a lot more with that because there's a whole history to that, how human beings have tried to alter their states or not alter their states at all, just try and stay in the present state to tap into and access and talk with something that is everywhere and, and seemingly invisible. So there's a woman called Karen Armstrong. So Karen Armstrong was a Catholic nun, then lost her faith, became an atheist, and then realised she was still very interested in religious aspects and wrote a book. So I'd recommend you read it. It's called The History of God. Whether you're religious or not, I'd highly suggest reading it because it charts back the history of mankind and how we have reached and tried to reach out to the spiritual aspect. For over 20,000 years, she charts it back to cave paintings in France and how you'd have people sit under trees and they'd slow their breathing down and they close their eyes and they sit still, like I was suggesting in my book. And I realise now these are just ways of people trying to um, control their, their body and their mind so they can access what's already there without distractions. It's an absolutely amazing book. It's not biased one way or the other. It's, it's very historical. It's not an easy read. But if you don't know anything about spirituality, I'd argue that's a brilliant place to start. It's excellent. And she wrote a follow-up called 12 Steps for a Compassionate Life, which I just think is wonderful. And to me, it was so wonderful because it, it takes a very altruistic, kind approach to saying, oh, well, that's all true, the history of mankind trying to be, you know, reaching out to people, but what are we going to do about it? How can we use these things to be compassionate and kind? So make sure you check out Karen Armstrong. She's an incredible woman. And I was looking back through the spirituality section. I thought, you know what? I'd like to read you a little aspect from it, a, a little poem that I wrote for what I call the universal spirit. So tapping into the mains, that thing beyond yourself. What I always say, you're not the center of the universe, Mike. So what do you think of that? <laughs> you know, there is a life beyond you. And, and to me, that always su suggests a sense of wonder. You know, our life is a wonderful, amazing thing. There's so many wonderful things. And a sense of wonder, a sense of, wow, look at the size of that canyon. Or think about Jupiter. Or think about micro amoebas or the love of a dog, you know. These these things create a sense of wonder. So I wrote about it and I wanted to write something that encouraged a sense of wonder and affirmation for you in relation to your spirit. 
So in this section I read, I say, May your spirit rise and soar, lifting you up beyond the worries of the day. May your spirit plunge into the depths of your being to renew you every way. May your spirit protect you with a million beautiful rays of light. And may your spirit hold you close as any loved one or friend might. So those are some of the aspects that I think about in terms of spirituality. But I, th I really have thought about this today, thinking how can we go further? What can we do to take it, your understanding or your appreciation of things, things a bit deeper? And I've got some really good suggestions of people who, in my experience of the last five years and even before, are really interesting and they are people worth considering what they have to say. So the first thing is, <laughs> this is something that if I had a penny for any time I, I heard this, I'd have given a lot of money to charity by now. Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And I always say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, uh, there's something out there or, you know, but I, I'm, not, I'm not religious. I don't, I don't do religion. Well, if you've ever heard me talk about a man called T. Harv Eker, who's a multimillionaire, he says, why do things have to be either or? Why is it one or the other? What does that mean? Well, you can be spiritual and not religious. Absolutely. You can be religious and not particularly spiritual. <laughs> you could be not interested in either of them, or you could be interested in all of them. What I suggest is something that's really helped me to understand that kind of paradox in a way, is to read the spiritual texts, read the Quran, read the Bible, reading the Satanic Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, reading these texts that for thousands of years have inspired men and women all around the world to try and understand life and spirituality and what's it all about. Because I think we're in danger of throwing the baby out of the bathwater in these days. We think we can just take one aspect of something from a culture and just say, well, I'll have a bit of that. And, and we, all, we all do that. But I always say it's nice to know where things come from. You know, it's nice to know the source. So for example, loving kindness is a massive aspect of catalyst in my life. I know it comes from Buddhism. I, I've studied, you know, from Buddhist monks. Um, I went to the Lake District and studied at a temple there. I've read books. I've studied from these people. I know where that comes from. I don't just think I've made it up, you know. And I think sometimes if we say, well, we're spiritual but not religious, okay, that's fine. But knowing where to kind of go beyond saying that as a phrase, how to pursue that, well, there's many people who have tried to pursue that before us and we can learn from them. So that's the first thing. Just read one of them. Read the Satanic Bible and see what you think. Read the Quran. See what you think. I'd highly recommend it. I really enjoyed reading all of them. The second thing is a recommendation of one of my favourite just people. <laughs> He's a man called John O'Donoghue. He's dead now. John O'Donoghue was an Irish poet and mystic. He was a Catholic priest and he was a writer. He, for me, sums up this idea of spirituality, whether you're religious or not, embodied in a man who just lived it. And so being Irish before being a Christian country, Ireland was a pagan country and had a, um, a spirituality where they, they embraced a love of the land and what he, he calls the sacrament. Uh, the great sacrament is outdoors. It's it's out there. Just just look around. And he talked about where his homeland was and and how he used to revisit his hearth, his, his like inner fire, by going and spending time in the land. And what John O'Donoghue was able to do, in my opinion, was to put together and marry these seemingly two contrasting dogmas of paganism and Christianity together to create this beautiful, authentic love of life through the land and through nature. And he really was an incredible man. 
And at the end of today's episode, I'd like to read you something. He wrote a series of blessings. And just listen to the words. They, they, they touch my, my soul. Uh, he wrote a book called Anamkara. Anamkara means soul friend. If there's one book that you read to try and understand spirituality in a deeper way by a man who's, who had a very deep spirituality, it's that. He talks about all sorts of things. As growing down into the darkness and the depths of our darkness, as well as growing up into the light, not dredging our souls with a meager spotlight of self-analysis. You know, he, he, man has real depth and lived his mission. It was his mission to live this as a as a vocation, not as just a job or something that he's got an opinion on. So, John O'Donoghue is an incredible person. And then, in contrast to that, I'd like to also suggest you reach out to um, the books of Richard Dawkins. So Richard Dawkins, completely different. Richard Dawkins is an atheist, a scientist. I read one of his books called The Selfish Gene, not an easy read. <laughs> but the reason I suggest looking into Richard Dawkins is I remember watching a program where he was talking about life and nature. And a lot of scientists and a lot of atheists have an incredible appreciation and understanding of life that in a way that some religious people, in my opinion, don't or don't embrace. And he, he did a very simple thing. He just got a spade and he dug in the um, the earth in the soil in a place in England and he just got a handful of soil and he just said look I want you to just embrace and understand right now the billions of microbacteria and all the nutrients and all the things that are in this soil that create life for whatever is planted and what grows there is vitality here and now and that is all we need and I really like that. And some of the things he says, I don't agree with. And some I do. But I just thought, as a starting point, that vitality saying, life is here right now, full of this vital, wondrous, amazingness. And if we can tap into that, we won't go far wrong. And that's what he was saying. And so you've got these two men coming from opposite ends of the same coin in a way. But what they're basically saying is, life is amazing here and now. So make sure to check out Richard Dawkins. You can read his books. He has very... um, articulate man you could watch several of his talks and the fourth thing which i'd suggest again is just the suggestions because in keeping with the idea of the book the guidelines suggestions especially with something as personal as your spirituality it's never for me to tell you what to do is to consider having a mentor being guided being helped by a person or being part of a tradition because again going back to this spiritual not religious that's a starting point how do you live that where do you go who do you talk to? What do you engage in? What do you abstain from? We're at 8 billion people now on the planet, me and you. Part of 8 billion people. Apparently, there's been up to 100 billion people who have been alive since the beginning of our time. So do a bit of quick math there. That's 100 billion people take away 8 billion people. That's 92 billion people that have lived and died before us. And a lot of them wrote things down. And a lot of them had a lot of things to say about life. And so I'm pretty sure they'll have come to some interesting conclusions, some ideas of value, some things that we can learn through artwork and text and poetry and even oral traditions and ways and things being passed down through your family, through your culture. Consider them. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Just study them, learn from them, consider being a part of one. Again, with all these things, we have to be careful, don't we? Just like with the body and the mind, be careful who you're speaking to, be careful who the sources are. Are they hurting people? Are, you know, What are they doing? Are they in line with your personal beliefs, your, your values? But we all need a sense of community. And I would say that for this aspect, such a deep, important, wholesome, vital aspect of you, you know, as, as your spirituality, you don't necessarily need to go it alone. 
at least not all of the way. And the last thing is what I call the universal spirit in the book. Tapping into that, you know, from my dog Kochi, who's always happy to see me and runs circles around the garden when he sees me, to Rocky Balboa when he's seemingly, you know, defeated and how does he get up off the mat one more time and find the, the energy to keep going. What are these animals and humans, what are we tapping into there? It's what I call the universal spirit, it's the mains, and it doesn't run out. The love that I have for people and, and coming from a place of my spirituality in building my business catalyst and nourishing it and making these podcasts for you, guess what? That energy, that love, it doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. It's like the internet or like having a magic porridge pot that just keeps refilling. When you start to fuel yourself, wrong way of saying it, maybe come from a place of your spirituality, you're tapping into this vital life force of our, our life. There's no end to that. We, our bodies will tire before our spirit will. Our minds will tire before our spirit, spirit will. Spirit doesn't run out. It does something in there that's just unexhaustible. And if you don't believe me, just think about the love you have for your children. Just think about any time where you failed or wanted to quit and there's something in you that was just like, mm, yeah, not yet, not yet, keep going. That's your spirit. That's that part of you that John O'Donoghue would say, your Anamkara, inside of you loving you, sustaining you, encouraging you to keep going, your best friend. Don't give up on yourself. That's what, that's that thing. So I hope that's been helpful for you in understanding a bit of what I think about in relation to spirituality, giving you some people like Karen and John and Richard to reach out and study from, to consider your traditions and where you come from and cultures, and to maybe embrace that and consider being part of a community. Obviously, if it's in line with who you are and how you want to be, and until we speak again, just remember two things that just take something from today. It could be an aspect where you say, well, yeah, I'm spiritual, but not religious. So I'm going to I'm going to check out a few things Mike says, you know, why not? Or you might just think, oh, I didn't know that about that section of the book. Or, oh, yeah, I might watch that video. But even if you don't, right, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. OK, take care and speak soon. So today's a little bit different. I haven't got a random positive fact. I wanted to read, as I mentioned before, one of the blessings from John O'Donoghue. He wrote a series of blessings. And I thought this one would be really good for you because in keeping in line with trying to help us running our businesses, it's a blessing for work. He says, May the light of your soul bless your work with love and warmth of heart. May you see in what you do the beauty of your soul. May the sacredness of your work bring light and renewal to those who work with you, and to those who see and receive your work. May your work never exhaust you. May it release wellsprings of refreshment, inspiration, and excitement. May you never become lost in bland absences. May the day never burden. May dawn find hope in your heart, approaching your new day with dreams, possibilities, and promises. May evening find you gracious and fulfilled. May you go into the night blessed, sheltered and protected. And may your soul calm, console and renew you.